everybody. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. Today is Monday, July 27th, 2020. And today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. We've got amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. Head on over to rockauto.com right now and tell them that Locked On sent you. I'm your host, Detroit sports writer Noel Bianchi, and today... I am joined by the Director of North American Scouting for DauberProspects.com. Yes, the draft profiles are finally here. Uh, It's worth mentioning that we're doing these draft profiles in no particular order. So with that said, today we're looking at Saginaw Spirit forward Cole Perfetti. The plan for right now is to give each player with, uh, with the potential to go fourth overall their own episode so we can really dive deep on each player you know, talk about what they bring to the wings and get down to why when the Red Wings are on the clock at number four, they will either pass or draft uh, each specific player. And uh, Cole Perfetti is a really interesting guy to look at. Had 111 points in 61 games for the Saginaw Spirit of the OHL last season. Some of you may have seen Perfetti in action if you live near that area. Like yourself some junior hockey, like yourself some uh, better hockey, better live hockey than you would have gotten going to LCA this season. Uh, he's a bit undersized, but really somebody who, you know, despite going by his name, Goal Perfetti, uh, really added some serious depth to his game in the past season. Uh, he had a playmaking ability, which uh, kind of helped him get into that conversation as a player that the Red Wings could take at fourth overall. So Tony walks us through every aspect of his game, what makes him one of the premier forwards in this year's draft, some of the areas of concern, and a lot of other great stuff. Uh, tomorrow we'll be profiling Erie Otters defenseman Jamie Drysdale. Next Monday, Marco Rossi. And next Tuesday, we're looking at Swedish forward Lucas Raymond. The plan right now uh, is to run these every Monday and Tuesday and sometimes Wednesdays as we get closer to the draft. This week, we've only decided to run two of them because there are a lot of other news from around the league to get to. Uh, so Wednesday, I'll be back with Ethan to talk about the NHL's new Seattle franchise, announcing their name as the Kraken you know, what we like about that, what we don't, there's not much to dislike about it, frankly. The uniforms are great. The name is great. The the logos are great. Uh, and then we're going to look over which players that the Red Wings, you know, might be, uh, might have to send their way in that 2021 expansion draft. And then Thursday and Friday, we will have a viewing guide of the NHL playoffs, which begin this Saturday. So get excited for that. We'll be looking at, uh, you know, which former Red Wings can have the biggest impact, which of them, we would want to be quarantined with, which ones we wouldn't, uh, preview all the other matchups, and a whole lot more as we get ready for one of the most exciting moments within the last four months uh, from around the NHL. But for now, you can get yourself ready for that by pressing the subscribe button, have each of these episodes ready for you when you wake up in the morning, and following us on Twitter at LO underscore Red Wings. It's your team every day, guys. I don't know where else you're going to get this kind of coverage. So for right, So enjoy the profile of Cole Perfetti as we weigh reasons that Steve Eisenman could call his name at number four and why he might pass. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you at the end of the interview. All right. At this time, we are now joined by Tony Ferrari. He is the director of North American Scouting for DauberProspects.com and the co-host of the Dauber Draft podcast or Draftcast, a uh, podcast that focuses on prospects eligible for the NHL draft and is available for download anywhere you get your podcast as well as YouTube. Tony, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. How's it going? 
Not too bad. Not too bad. So we got some prospect profiles to do today. Um, I'm really excited. Obviously, you uh, you just started the Dauber Draftcast. You just told me you recorded episode two today. So before we get into all of that, just talk to me about how that experience has been going and what you guys are talking about and what people can expect when they tune into your show. Uh, well, we just kind of we wanted to start a podcast that focused on the draft because there, there's a couple out there, but they're not frequent and uh, they're, they're not uh, the kind of quality that we were looking for. We wanted to kind of come at it from a scouting perspective, and that's kind of what we're trying to do. Uh, last week, we kind of talked about how the leagues are around the world are all going to start up and, and, and what, what the effect of the, the late draft is, is going to be on these guys. And this week, we just kind of dove into a little bit of the exhibition games that are starting up in, over in Europe and some of the prospects that are starting to get a, a few more games in before the draft. Now, what has been uh, your experience with that so far? And, uh, you know, just kind of what is the format of it? What can people expect when they tune in? Uh, the, the experience has been good. Like, uh, I got a pretty good co-host, and that's the European director of scouting, uh, Yoki Nevelainen. Uh, he's based in Finland, so we got a pretty good uh, span around the world for that. And uh, it, it's pretty free range. We just kind of talk and, and kind of let things flow. We got a couple main topics for every show, but we just kind of work it into each other and, and kind of let our scouting talk kind of just go off on that. And it, uh, it's pretty free-flowing, and there's not too too much structure to it, but uh, it's really interesting for anyone that's into drafts. Well, you should definitely check that out uh, after we get on with Tony today. Now, the first prospect that I want to talk to you about is Cole Perfetti. Now, it's not probably the guy who's on the top of most people's lists, not the guy, you know, you're jumping right into saying, I want that guy. But the reason I want to talk to you about Cole Perfetti is because right after the NHL draft lottery, Sam Cosentino of the 31 Thoughts podcast said that Cole Perfetti is as much of a lock to Detroit at four as Lafreniere is at one. Now, you have your own thoughts on Lafreniere being a lock at one. We'll get to that probably in another time when we talk about Byfield. But what are you hearing about Perfetti's draft stock, and, and where does he slot in on your big board? Well, for, for me, he slots in around seven or eight. I, I really like Perfetti. He's a, he's a really high-end uh, high playmaker, high-end offensive catalyst. Uh, he's a guy that can score, score a goal whenever needed. Um, the, the big thing with Perfetti is he's not the, the greatest skater. Uh, the, the way I look at it, though, is the way he gets around the ice and his, his actual mobility around the ice is perfectly fine. Um, maybe he doesn't win every, every puck race, and some of his short-distance short speed and acceleration is – is iffy at times, but the, the way the kid kind of motors around the offensive zone, he just knows where to be. He flows in and out of traffic really, really well. Um, he, he's, he's a guy that's in that kind of range right after the top three there that seemed to be settling, settling in with Byfield, Stutzel, and Lafreniere at the top. And, and Perfetti's kind of slowly working his way back for, into the back of that, that pile of guys. Um, he, if he goes at four, I, I'm not going to be shocked because – I mean, people have been hyping him up since the Helenka last summer where he just took over and almost led Canada right to the gold medal game if it weren't for Yaroslav Askarov, the Russian goalie. But Cole Perfetti is a guy that if, if he goes fourth, I think Detroit's going to be getting a really, really high-end playmaker, a guy that maybe they don't really have because right now Detroit's best playmaker realistically is Dylan Larkin, and, and that's not necessarily a natural thing for him. He, he's a bit more of a goal scorer kind of player, and I think if if the Wings can get a guy that, is a true playmaker the way Perfetti is, that really changes the, the dynamic of their top six. So um, I, I could see why they would do it, but uh, I 
there's a few other guys I'd take ahead of him. One draft ranking that is not up for debate, that is the standing of rockauto.com. Guys, it is the online auto parts store that I'm taking number one overall 10 times out of 10. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts that you need in a traditional chain storefront. And why endure pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing only the brand that his warehouse happens to carry. You have a computer in your pocket, on your desktop, as a laptop, anywhere. You have a comp- computer's literally everywhere, at home, in your pocket, that can go to rockauto.com and help remedy any situation that arises with your car or vehicle right now. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, but rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear. rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require a membership or login. Their catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your car or vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. The best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always the reliably low and the same for professionals or do-it-yourselfers. It's not fair that just because you want to be the master of your own domain, go on YouTube and uh, figure out how to work on your car yourself, that you got to pay twice as much just because you're not a professional mechanic. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And in return, all we ask of you is to tell them that Locked On sent you. When you're checking out, they're going to have a little box that said, how did you hear about us? Just write Locked On so they know we sent you. They've got an amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Now, you did a deep dive on Perfetti last week at DauberProspects.com, and we're going to get to some of those points in just a second. But you have him listed as both a center slash left wing. Where do you see him slotting into an NHL lineup? And does, you know, which organization he goes to have an effect on that? Or, or what are some things that can kind of, you know, help determine that role? Well, I think he played center for most of the year until the, the uh, second off spirit traded for Ryan Suzuki from the Barry Colts who took over the center role and, and Perfetti moved over to the left wing. And it kind of seemed like a better fit for Perfetti because, like I, I did say, is his mobility is limited, but it's, it's smart. It's educated. He knows what to do. But doing that from the wing is a lot easier to do than doing it as a center. As a center at the NHL level, you kind of – you got to be able to skate. You got to be able to get on the back check, and you need, you need to be able to cover the front of the net on, a, on a defensive transitions. Um, Perfetti may not be able to do that at the NHL level, so if you can – become a winger and he excelled as a winger in this in the latter half of the season this year so um I, I think that's more of a natural fit for him any team that drafts him if I'm the wings or if I'm just one of these teams in the top 10 that end up drafting Perfetti I'm gonna try him at center for sure at first because he's got the high 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 end IQ that that teams need and that the NHL craves in, in their centers these days now we did just talk about his skating a little bit you said you know, his top end speed not might be great. He, he might not be the best skater in the class, but he does have that good mobility. Do you need to be a great skater in, you know, when you're t- looking at somebody in that four to 10 range or whatever it may be uh, to, to be effective at the NHL level? And is it something that can, he can kind of grow into or, or is that kind of just how it is? No, I think with skating, skating is one of the things that people used to think 
weren't wasn't easily fixable. But within the last few years, there's tons of examples, like going back to John Tavares coming out of the draft. The big knock on him was that he wasn't a great skater. And now he's still not a blazing up and down the ice, but he's really mobile and he gets around the ice just perfectly fine. No one's really knocking him for his skating nowadays. Um, I, I think Perfetti kind of fits that mold. There's there's a Ryan Kennedy from the Hockey News reported yesterday that Cole Perfetti has vastly improved his skating while this pandemic's gone on and shut things down. And maybe that's agent talk. Maybe that's just kind of people talking him up. But I, I think there's room to grow for Perfetti because he's not a unathletic kid. Like, he's a really, really athletic kid. It's just he, he seems to have a little bit of a wonky stride at times. I think there's a lot of weight distribution issue with him. Uh, he kind of waddles a little bit when he when he's trying to get to a top speed. But I think that's something that can be easily worked out. You, you get him with a, a skating coach and over the summer and whatnot, and whatever team drafts him is going to be able to invest that into him because he's going to be a, a really high-end prospect. And if he does reach that ceiling and he, he gets that skating on par with at least slightly above league average, he could easily fit in as a top six center at the NHL level. Now, obviously, the uh, the global pandemic has thrown a couple of things kind of off kilter here, including the these prospects' ability to finish out the season. You know, go to the showcases, the tournaments that kind of help change the you know the kind of the entire structure of the draft at times. Do you think that you know, or in what ways is he kind of affected by that the most? Did you see him kind of trending upward, trending downward as the season kind of came to an end? Well, I think with Perfetti is he had a red hot start. Like I mentioned earlier, the Holinka where he, he almost led Canada to the gold medal single handedly basically. He was he was a star there. His his draft stock I don't think got any higher than that this year because there was talk of him being third, fourth in the in the draft. Um I think that's kind of where it peaked and then it slowly kind of backed down. I think um I, I think there's some underappreciation of the, the actual season he had because the the goal of him coming into the season was he was gonna put up fifty goals. And he didn't. He ended up putting up 37 goals, which is really respectable for a draft season in the OHL. But it wasn't a massive leap over it last season in terms of goal scoring. But the shot was there. And for the first 21 games, if I'm not mistaken, he had six goals. So he, he really had a, a goal scoring drought at the start of the season that really affected him. From that point on, he was almost near, I think it was at 0.8 goals a game. Um, so I don't think the goal scoring touch is lost on him at all. I think he had some bad luck coming back from the Halinka and, he started the season a little bit poorly. But the thing I always point out is the part of Perfetti's game that grew so much this year was his playmaking. He was second, third in the league uh, through those first 21 games, despite the fact that he wasn't scoring all the goals. He was just racking up assists, and he was kind of the offensive catalyst on Saginaw and just driving their play. Um, there wasn't any anything that was necessarily wrong with his, his shot. He was just bad luck. It was one of those things where it's <clears> – <throat> his shooting percentage was r roughly around three, three or 4%. So, I mean, a guy with that kind of shooting talent, it's just a drought. He, his scoring is, is there. Um, he finished the, the season right near the top of the OHL scoring list. And I, I think that's a testament to the, the development of his game because he became that much more of a complete offensive player. Whereas last year he was a bit more of a, just a, a kind of sniper goal scorer type player that didn't have the playmaking ability he showed this year. Now, I want to get into the details of his goal scoring and his playmaking ability in just a second. But, I mean, what, what can you say for a player who, like you mentioned, has that drought for the first quarter of the season, third of the season, and finds other ways to get it done? Does that impress you at all, just as, you know, as far as maybe tenacity or stick or, or whatever you want to call it? 
Yeah, with with coming into the season, the big thing I said after the Hill and Kogretzky because he was scoring the lights out there is I want to see him take a step as a playmaker. And immediately that's what he did, despite, like I said, despite the fact that he wasn't scoring goals, he was near the top of the league scoring turf for the, for the OHL. So I think seeing him take that step as a playmaker, that was exactly what I wanted to see for him this year. Um, but honestly, the biggest reason that Perfetti's not a guy that I have in my top five this year is because this year's draft is insane. The, the top five is really, really strong. Uh, the top 10, 12 is really, really strong. And, and Perfetti fits into that second second group. But he he's a guy that in next year's draft, he'd probably be roughly the second or third pick, if not the first. Like, he'd be challenging for that pick. But with with this year's talent of Lafreniere, Byfield, Lucas Raymond, Tim Stutzel, uh, Marco Rossi, just to name a few, Cole Perfetti kind of gets pushed back a little bit because those guys did have insane years just as well as he did. So. It's kind of one of those things where I Perfetti did everything I wanted him to do this year to to move him up my rankings, but just so did everyone else. Right. So it kind of just became a muted point, and it, it was nothing that Perfetti did wrong. And, like, I, I try to express that with a lot of people that I, I think Perfetti's a great player, and he's more than a valid pick at number four if he goes there. What impresses you the most about his goal-scoring ability? Obviously, the moniker goal Perfetti comes along with that uh, with that player. Yeah, with with Perfetti's goal scoring, he's he's got a little bit of that Austin Matthews twitch to his shot. He he can just be completely motionless, and then with a flick of the wrist, he's pulling the puck into his feet and firing a top corner. Uh, he he can shoot from unorthodox angles, similar to the way Austin Matthews can. Um, I don't think he has the the release that Matthews has, where it's just a lightning to the back of the net. But he's a guy that I think locates his shot really really well, and he has that quick release, and he he's a deceptive shooter. Uh, he's willing to shoot from anywhere as well. Like I, I've seen him score goals from the goal line multiple times this year. Um, he's he's a guy that will sneak in the back, <clears throat> sneak in the back door, and just tap a, a rebound in seamlessly. Like he was, he timed it perfectly. Um, th- that's kind of what I, I talk about with his mobility is that the the intuitiveness and the the IQ that he shows with his mobility is what completely kind of mitigates the the lack of skating for me to be able to continue to call him a top 10 prospect. So I, I think it's just how smart he is as a goal scorer. Cause he's able to do it from anywhere and he's able to do it in a variety of ways. Now your section uh, on his playmaking in that profile at dumperprospects.com is pretty sizable. And you just mentioned that it was something that he grew into as the season went on. What is his greatest asset in the offensive zone when it comes to driving that play? I think it's just the, the calmness of his game. He's able to just slow the game down, and, and not a lot of players are able to do that nowadays in the NHL. Um, and, and that's a concern for some people with his game, but I think Cole Perfetti is going to be one of the rare cases that, like John Tavares, I keep going back to him, and, and Perfetti may not turn out to be as high-end as John Tavares and be, be that kind of guy, but there's certainly a chance that that's the ceiling. Um, Perfetti is able to kind of just get over the offensive blue line and then stop everyone freezes and it's almost like he's processing the game at such a high speed that he doesn't need to be moving at a high speed because he's able to time his passes perfectly. He's able to see through, through levels of the defense. I've seen him multiple times pass from the the left blue line to the right corner for a, a simple one-time pass. Like and he makes it look effortless. Um, like I said, with his shot being deceptive, his passing is deceptive. Like he, he doesn't look like he's going to pass until he's already passed the puck a lot of times. So I think with Perfetti, it's just, he's, again, it, I go 
go back to that really high-end IQ, and he's, he's able to just slow the game down for himself. Now, obviously, all of that can kind of add to his effectiveness on the power play, which if you watch the 2019-2020 Detroit Red Wings at all this year, you will know that that is music to the ears of anybody uh, who, who kind of hears that the Red Wings have a possibility of drafting him. But is there anything extra that he brings to the man advantage unit outside of that? Uh, I think just his ability to adapt. He's, he's the kind of guy that can he, – he's all, all over the ice on the power play. He's, he's the guy that I, I kind of call him a rover almost on the power play. I, I've seen him on the right half wall and end up on the left half wall and score a goal after switching. And, or he'll go up to the point and he'll be the guy that's quarterbacking it from the end. Um, the, the thing about Perfetti's power play game is he can almost quarterback it from whatever position you give him, whether he's kind of taking the puck behind the net. He's, he's a really good passer from behind the net, and he's a guy that can – just find the the open space. He he's he's a guy that he's able to like evade the traffic, get into the open spots, and, and either f- fire a shot home or, or find a teammate that's wide open. Um, he because he does slow the game down. Like I said, he he draws in defenders really really quickly. Uh, defenders often close really fast, and he's a guy that doesn't panic in that. Like defenders will be right on him, or two defenders will be on him, and he just he's able to turn his body, gain good position, and make a solid pass. Um, I, again, I, I keep going back to it, but it's the IQ that he shows. And, uh, I think that's the biggest thing with Perfetti is cause he has the, the passing ability, he has the shot, but it's the IQ that really kind of does it for him. Because if, if there was any other player in this draft that didn't have that level of IQ and, and was kind of a, a subpar skater like Perfetti is, then I, I'd have a lot of issue, but his IQ really mitigates that. Do you have an NHL player comparison for Cole Perfetti? Are you, are you um, into those types of things? Yeah, I hate comparables, but I'll do them. That's fine. Uh, we don't we don't have to do them here. Well, uh, how about this? We'll wrap it up. We'll we'll wrap up each each little profile with this question. It's draft day. You're Steve Eiserman. The number four pick comes through. Let's assume. Uh, let's let's not assume whatever. What what's the biggest reason that you're drafting Cole Perfetti at number four, and what's the one reason that you're passing on Cole Perfetti at number four? Uh, the one reason I'm drafting Cole Perfetti at number four is because he's a smart player. Um, he's a guy that I think Steve Eiserman can can kind of see a little bit of himself in. Uh, Eiserman was obviously a, a lot better of a skater than Perfetti is, but uh, I think Eiserman can see a little bit of that that willingness to just kind of do whatever it is for the team. He's a, he's able to see that guy that he'll score a goal or he'll make the pass. He, he's a he's a really smart player, and I think he has a two way game that can develop if he can get his skating under, under control. Because he, like I said. When you're smart in the offensive zone, you know what the defense, or you know what the opposing team's going to do in the defensive zone. So I, I think he has that upside to become a pretty good two-way player. Um, but if I'm passing on him, I, I go back to the skating. I, I think some teams are, are really kind of shying away. I've talked to a couple scouts and stuff, being at the ranks watching games, and and a few of them have been like, "That skating is is really concerning because the NHL is going to a fast, high-speed game all the time." So. Um, he's going to have to be one of those rare players that's a, that are able to, to slow the game down and take control the way John Tavares does. So um, maybe I'll give you that comparable, even just the John Tavares <laughs> and, and uh, go from there. But any comparable I make will be stylistic, but yeah, I think uh, if you're going to pass, it's because you're worried about the skating, but I, I personally don't think that's a, a thing to worry about. All right. Hope you enjoyed today's episode featuring Tony Ferrari. You can find him on Twitter at the Tony Ferrari. 
Find the uh, Dauber Draftcast at Dauber Draftcast uh, and stay up to date with everything that they're doing over there. He'll be joining us again tomorrow as we profile Erie Otters defenseman Jamie Drysdale, somebody, one of the more polarizing players in this year's draft. Uh, he could go four, he could go 10, he could go 12. Uh, so we'll be looking at pretty much everything that has to do with Jamie Drysdale, as well as the pros and cons of the Red Wings drafting a defenseman at fourth overall. Uh, be sure to subscribe, follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Red Wings. Stay up to date with all the information regarding the draft, the expansion draft, which we got coming Wednesday, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, this weekend's playoffs, and much, much more. Lots of shenanigans, too. We, do, we, we, we like some shenanigans here at the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Uh, so it's your team every day. Nobody else is doing that for you in this city. We'll be right back with you tomorrow. We'll see you guys there. Same time, same place. Peace.